Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It goes down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Morning. The Loud Spot podcast uses adult humor and adult language in its broadcast. It may be unsuitable for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we are idiots. Please don't take anything. We say offensive or the heart. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Loud Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian. Before we get the show started, I do want to remind everyone to please check out our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button and follow us on all podcasting networks. Today, I am joined with my co-host. Oh, I got my finger right, pointed the right way. Kyler is joining us, Kyler K. And then we got Scott from a band called Finger Eleven, a band that I've listened to for probably half my life now, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I didn't know this. The band started out, you know, Wikipedia tells you a lot of things. Maybe some are true, maybe some are not true. But the band pretty much started out with most of its original members back in high school. Yep, true story. How crazy is that, that most bands, as long as you guys have been around, have kind of, for the most part, stayed together? Yeah, I, look, I don't get how it all worked out. I don't. I, I, I know that when we were little kids, like, I don't know, 13, 14, music was everything. And uh, we would just get together every weekend and just try to play like half of a Led Zeppelin song, half of a Rush song and a little bit of Who. And, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, we should, this is fun. We should keep doing this. And like that mentality has kind of, <laughs> you know, we're like, okay, well, 
we should maybe do some of our own stuff at a certain point. And then, you know, here we are, I don't know how many years later. It, it is funny. It's just like, um, we're, we're, we're friends. And I mean, you know, my brother's in the band as well, but it's, it's, it is, it's that corny thing where it's like, yeah, the music has kind of kept us together. Yeah. You know, the I wonder how their parents felt. Like I can imagine like my son bringing all of his kids. I'd be like, go to your friend's house. God. I'd be on freaking Xanax every day. All the van. Ah. You know what? It's true. Like we, we would make noise before my folks would get home. They had kind of crazy hours. Yeah. Um, but also they were, they were kind of support. They were supported in an interesting way. Cause they're like, look, just, you know, hold down the job at the gas station and then just do whatever you want. Like, but, but go work, you know? Yeah. So I went from working at a gas station to like applying for college and then just like, oh, okay, uh, let's just be in a band. Let's just, I got into my program and then went, nah, let's, let's do this. Be- before Finger Eleven made it, well, I, was, I guess you guys were in a band prior, uh, Rainbow Butt Monkeys, right? No. Okay. No. Be- but, but we're going to get into that also, the whole history here. Although a lot of your fans already know it is interesting to me and our viewers, you know. I want to hear. Yeah. So before, Finger Eleven was actually like this successful band. Was there like when was that aha moment of we're actually going to take this and we're going to keep on going with it? Was it early in your career or was it not till you had a few commercially successful songs? So, you know, back in the the, the Bum Monkey days, you know, we're we're this band and you know we think the Rainbow Bum Monkeys that name is like the best thing in the world. It's very funny. Never going to get old. And. Uh, so we won like a, we won a radio contest and we had a full record deal in Canada and we made a record and we toured. So we were kind of like, like we had our foot in the door, you know, right. but we um, were like, man, should we, this, we started, the more we started writing newer songs, we're like, this is, I don't know if this is like, if this has sort of the funky edge, like this sounds different. We need to acknowledge that this is a different stuff that we're doing. And we just told the label, yeah, we're not Bumuggies anymore. We're, we, you know, we're a new band. And they were like, oh, cool, uh, <laughs> great. And it, it's funny because people don't believe that story. People believe that we were forced to change, um, you know, by the label's hand. And that it's just not true. I, I could see a lot of people thinking that because that I don't know if that even happened to a lot of bands or if that's just a rumor that goes on that that does happen. I think a lot of times where, you know, you hear those horror stories where it's like, oh, we don't want to put this song on this album. And the label's like, no, that's what you're going to do. You know, like, you know, we've, you know, I've had to fight with A&R guys that, you know, about the level of like a tambourine or something, but <laughs> we don't really have uh, those, you know, it's, it's nice. Like every, musically, we can stand by everything that we've done. We haven't, you know, had somebody tell us, you yeah. know, do this or do that. So that's kind of awesome. But I guess those stories do exist. I, I, I believe them. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, it's, more, it's mostly rumors that happen. Uh, this band was told to do this. This band was told to do that. Because then you come in and you ask the band. And they're always like, no, <laughs> that was more like this or like that. Like every time I, I used to, I, and I learned a lesson. I used to assume what I heard was right. And I was sitting there talking to some people. They're like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? That's <laughs> how it went down at all. I was like, oops, my bad, my bad. But so why then the name change from Rainbow Butt Monkeys? Did you think that you'd be more successful with the name Finger Eleven? Well, it came down to the music. It came down to like, oh, this tone is different. You know, like with the Butt Monkey stuff, the first 
you know, handful of songs we wrote, that was the record. You know, there was, it, it's, it, it's, it's great in its sort of uh, simplicity. We're like, okay, well, we, uh, we thought up these songs and uh, here they are. And, you know, Finger Eleven was much more like, okay, let's, let's, let's really think about all these things. And like, we felt like it was an evolution that we had to acknowledge, you know, that's mm-hmm. it. It's a little too precious, but I mean. I wouldn't have you know. listened to Rainbow Butt Monkeys. Like it just—it would not have been something I would even be like into. Not even knowing what your music is, just the name. I don't know. Yeah, not doing I it. mean, look, yeah, the, the novelty of the name got a little, you know, it's 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 what it is. But yeah, uh, it it was just more like no, this is we, the whole band agreed. It was like we must we must acknowledge this. This is kind of different stuff that we're doing. That's all. I mean, it is as simple as that, but. You know, so everybody this, hears different things. A story I I gotta say this, and this is from a long time ago. I was listening to Finger Eleven, the greatest of Blue Skies album, which I still have the entire album on my Apple playlist. It's it's been there forever since I was like twenty. Uh, I didn't have Apple when I was twenty, but since I was, I was like gonna 20, say, show your age. Come <laughs> on. Since I've had, anyways, <laughs> there was this girl I used to date a long time ago, and and she was like a big punk rocker, punk rock chick, right? And I, and I was in punk rock too, but I heard Finger Eleven. I heard the It's Biting, It's Bleeding, whatever that, that song is. My favorite song. And I just listened. I loved that whole album. And she would like not like it. We actually broke up because we <laughs> argued over music. And Finger Eleven was the reason why the big argument broke out. And I was like, you, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you saved my life, dude. You saved yeah. my life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Be happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's tough. Like that's uh, that's tough when you're you you argue about music with your significant other. Like that's a that's a tough thing. And yeah. if it's polarizing like that, eek. well, I'm glad. If I helped, I'm I'm glad, yeah. man. That's we were cool. just young and drunk and argued about everything. So it was just one other thing to ar- one other thing to argue about, you know. Mm-hmm. When, when yeah, you, I guess you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, you can argue about anything, man. So you guys have a new song that just got released. Together, right, and this is going on to a greatest hits album. Is that accurate? That's true. It's coming out on uh, June sixteenth. But um, yeah, we released the single. I want to say about three weeks ago now, and uh, uh, it's lucky for us. It's turning out to be a hit. So I'm glad it's on the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that con- was, was that concerning for you to come out with a song and then have a greatest hits like right after that? I think so. I mean, I believe in the song, but you never know what's going to happen. So it'd be it would be kind of um, it would be it would suck to have it be kind of like uh, uh, it wasn't really a hit, you know. But I don't know. Maybe we just do a big recall and uh, scratch it off the CD. I don't know. No, I we don't, don't have to. It, no, it's a, it's a great it's a great song. <laughs> Uh, what made you want to do the greatest hits album now is because a lot of times bands do that when they're retiring or, or, or is Uh-oh. that, is that in the works for you guys? You guys have kind of had your feel or is it just, let's just put it out that we've been around for so long. We might as well do it for our fans. Yeah. It's just good timing. It's just really good timing right now. And I guess it's nice to kind of prove it. It's like, no, we're not done yet. Here's a new song. And then there are, there's new stuff coming you know, um, in various states of, uh, finished product, (laughs) but there's like, you know, we're getting together every week 
uh, now to like rehearsal, get ready for, you know, uh, concerts and stuff, but we uh, were kind of doubly busy because it's like, hey, let's rehearse, but then also let's write and finish these songs. So there's, there's a bunch of songs that we're really excited about that are almost finished. And then there's a whole stack of ideas that we have to work a little bit harder on. So there will be newer stuff coming. So even after so, the great, even after the greatest hits album, people can expect still the greatest, 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 the greatest, yeah, the greatest, the greatest, 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 greatest. keep for the greatest sure. coming. Yes, yes, for sure. Like we don't, I know, like it's a joke now. Like we don't work fast, but there is ah, new stuff coming. That's right. I think our fans are a little, you know, they've heard me say it a million times, but at least there's, we have that one song that just came out, and we will have more. But, you know, so get ready. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Then I want to talk about the sound difference that I hear with Finger Eleven. And we'll talk about that right after we come back for this commercial break. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we are back with Scott from the infamous band Finger Eleven, and Kyler's is still with us. I do. Okay, so he is still with us. Like, I'm going to go somewhere. I don't know. I just, where was I going? I always fuck that up, anyways. Like, I can always say something else. I I screw up like constantly. This is like the most screwed up podcast you'll ever hear in your life because I just roll with the punches. I just, I just roll with it. Okay, Kyler, thanks for not leaving Kyler during that commercial (laughs) break. It's all right. So one thing I got to ask, man, is the sound difference before you play a new song, the sound difference between you hear the greatest of blue skies album and then you hear paralyzer, right? Totally different styles of music. One is like really commercially pop sounding, which is why I went super big millions of listeners. 
And then you had Grace of Blue Skies, which was more kind of a softer, heavy, um, melodic tones to it. Was that something that you guys did on purpose to make that transition to, was it selling more records or did, like, how did that happen? Um, well, Grace of Blue Skies was the second record and it was, you know, it was the, the cliches were true. It was super difficult for us. We were stuck in the studio. We had to finish songs that we weren't sure how to finish, but it's like, mm -hmm. you only have X amount of days in the studio. So get it done, you know? Um, and I was having a hard time personally, um, taking direction, you know, I mean, I had that basically, uh, I, I kind of thought that I knew, you know, the best ideas in my head were the best ideas. I didn't really want to, I wanted to execute on that. And moreover, I wasn't professional enough to, if somebody were to tell me, oh, why don't you try it this way? It's a, it's a really tough thing to take that idea, internalize it, and then try to sell it as your idea, you know? And that's sometimes what songwriting has to be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, I just, it was a combination of me not being professional enough and being really stubborn in what I wanted in my vision and then trying to execute in the studio. So like, there's a song like Drag You Down, which is just, you know, uh, if you can sense that that guy is angry when he's singing it, that's exactly what's going on. I am stuck. I'm trying to sing, I'm trying to yell my way out of the studio, you know? But um, the, I think that album is still trying to swing for the fences. Like that's a big, you know, there's big songs. I think a song like For the Ocean or First Time could have been as big as Paralyzer. I think, you know, maybe Paralyzer has a little more, like less of an edge, but you know, maybe a little more polish on it. But we're still trying to do the same thing. And uh, Finger Eleven doesn't necessarily overthink what they might deem a good idea, right? So whether it's mellow, whether it's like hard, you know, whatever it is, if we all agree that it's that there's something cool that's worth pursuing, then it can find a spot on the record, you know. But Grace Blue Skies has a colder vibe to it, I think. It does uh, lyrically, like you know, it's. I think that I think I sound more distanced. Um, I'm. I'd love to redo that record. I'd love to re-sing it with like not being intimidated by the studio, but it'd be a completely different performance, you know? So, you know, that's uh, Paralyzer. We're a little more, we've got a couple more albums under our belt and I'm singing with a little more confidence and having more fun. So completely different tone, sorry, different tone. Okay. But does being as successful as Paralyzer was, does that intimidate you as a songwriter now, oh shoot, we just had this hit that was really amazing. We gotta keep up with this or we're gonna lose fans. Like is that is that a yeah. whole nother level of intimidation? Well, it's something that I, you know, call it like lazy, call it untalented. Like I just go, Well, I if I could have done it again, I would have done it by now. Like I don't even try to think that way. Mm -hmm. It's more like we just what's next, you know? I, I think it's that's kind of like producer 101 when you get into a studio and they they try to replicate not only the band's success or and they try to look at what's hot on the charts. And I just think that's a death sentence. I think it's a waste of time to try to do that because uh, you get further away from uh, anything cool. And then, you know, if you try to chase... So I'm not afraid of big songs. I'm not afraid of success in that way, but it's like... Uh, let's take a more organic uh, approach to that. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not afraid of a song that sounds like it's supposed to be like in a, you know, to fill a, a stadium. But 
I, I think you can hear it. I think the audience can hear it when it's like, oh, you're just trying to like, what are you trying to do? You're just trying to like replicate this Go with this the song. trends. Like, right. That's no I good. hate that. Anyone ever tell you, has anyone ever said you guys sold out? We've been on, on this topic kind of recently. Has anyone ever said, hey, Scott, you sold out, man. Has that ever happened? Uh, yeah, I think a couple of times. And it's like, I'm not sure. You know, I think I understand from one perspective where it's like, if if you think I'm doing something I don't want to do. Right. Then that is selling out. You right. Know, like, right. Yeah. I'm not sure if I can convince you that that's not the case. If you've already thought that, you don't really know me. But I think Finger Eleven fans have it hard because the, the the sonic landscape's all over the place. So fair enough. If we don't do another song that you you know, if, they, if we if the tone shifts, it's like, well, it's not a sellout move. But also, if you have a hit, you know, like. Oh, it's yeah. the worst thing for like yeah. the, the hipster, you know, whatever, oh, yeah. somebody that maybe doesn't want to like, somebody that doesn't like your band anyway. And it's like, do you realize that that's sort of like, <laughs> it's so hard to uh, get to that level yeah. to, to get even one hit. So um, if you're sick of like one or two of my songs, I understand it. I get sick of songs too, but it's kind of unnecessary. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad in a way <laughs> because that means the song's a hit, you know? So if you're in the supermarket and you hear one thing, you know, a few too many times, I do apologize. But tell them that your mom likes it. It's when they not, say that it, you sold out, your mom likes it. Go ahead. Call me a sellout. Yeah. Call me a sellout. No one, can't get mad. no one can't get mad if your mom likes it. That's, that's, yeah. but, you know, I yeah. never believe, I never believed in, in the term selling out. I, well, maybe when I was real young, I did. But, you know, as you get older and, and I played in bands, my whole goal is to make money doing what I love, which at one point was making music. Now it's podcasting. But if you're going to make money doing what you love, it's not selling out. You're doing it to make a career out of it. And, and people are going to hate. I think people hate because they're either jealous. And the people that say that probably didn't follow your career to begin with. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I'm glad that, uh, I mean, if they're... It, it, it's a it's a, it's difficult because we're, we've always been very precious with uh, like we we drive record companies crazy. Where it's like if they want they want to put the you know they want to try to chase after like oh we want to put your music in this TV show or you know mm-hmm. this this soundtrack or this game or whatever. And that it makes me mad if it's like you know we're we're very meticulous about what we try to do. Right. Um, but they're also like there's a, there are opportunities and like you hope everything you hope all the pieces sort of come together. But anything that like finds its way out of the CD and like the listener experience, like we're very, we're very protective of that kind of stuff. Good. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's nuts. I mean, you can't really listen too much to what like somebody's going to say about you, but I'm here to say that like, we're, we're, we're protective and we try our best to put cool shit out. What the fuck? What do you want from me? Exactly, yeah. man. You know, we're we're going to play your music video at the end here. I'll just, I'll just play, you know, what, you know, maybe you should play it now. Cause I kind of want you to talk about it a little bit. Uh, about the making of the video and then I want to talk about the no easy road to success when you're in a band when you guys did it and so here is the song together right and let's hope YouTube allows this on there here we go when the bad news breaks and I'm there 
There we go. And you know what? Kyler is still here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I took a bite of sushi. So that's all. I was all sorry. <laughs> that's, all, that's all right. You know, I, I, I just mentioned myself out like you guys knew that. Damn it. <laughs> I, well, I knew I'd kind of walk away for a second, but I love how Scott was sitting there kind of rocking out to his own song. You don't see that all the time. But that means your your passion's in it. You're sitting there like, yeah, because I see you in the background, you know. It was um, a good music video. I was it entertained. It was like a good video. You to watch. You're, you're eating sushi. You were eating. You, you See, it's obviously. like a movie and a meal. Okay. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Make you know, sure it's on my teeth. Scott, you know, you're going to, I knew you're going to laugh on here. Uh, that's, what, that's what we try to do. So fans interpret songs differently. I, I don't know who said it. Some fucking famous rock star somewhere said, you know, you have a million people watching you or hearing you. You had a million different interpretations of what that song means to them, to that person, okay? What did you write that song for, and what does your own song mean to you? Well, I, I thought 
you know, the, the, the main theme of the song is there's, you know, like, I guess I'm playing the character who's in a bad situation. Uh, they got themselves into that situation and is asking for help. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it kind of poses the, 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 the situation where it's like, okay, well, if you help me, you're probably going to get in as much as shit as I'm in. So uh, I hope you're cool with that. You know, it's, it, it kind of, um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit assuming where it's like, okay, look, I'm in a ton of shit. You're going to be with me, right? You're going to stay with me. with me. Anybody, right. <laughs> any, please, please, anyone. So um, I like, I kind of just had fun with that idea. Um, and I, I just thought it was a neat, it's a neat way to write an aggressive song because, you know, you can't really go back to like the angst you know, that you used to feel when you were whatever, like a teenager, like, right. we're not, we're not teenagers anymore. And I think that's some of the most disingenuous stuff, but, you know, so like, I didn't know what I was going to write about when I, when I sat down to write the song, but I just knew, okay, look, I, I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want just like weird, weird angst as like an older dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Yeah, no. Let's find creative ways to to, to write an aggressive song. So they should um, just interview me. You can write a lot of aggressive stuff. You just sit with me for one day. I promise you, you will get plenty of content. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, like that's a good idea because I'm, I'm generally like a, a happy dude, but I also feel like there's something you know. I'll try to take something like I'll dig something out of a song. Like you know, I'll get the ideas from the song itself. So um, it, it was, that's kind of, that's where I'm coming from in, in the song, but I love it when people have their own interpretations of the songs. I mean, it happens, I do it all the time. So all my favorite songs, I have no idea, usually, what the real meaning is. <laughs> but, you know. That was like when we went out, Sebastian, and that song was about drugs. Remember? You talked about, what song oh, was semi, it? Semi-Strong Kind of Life. Uh, yes. By, uh, uh, I had no idea. I sang that all oh, the time. Yeah, yeah you wonder why people life. looked at me crazy. He even says I took the bump that I was hitting and I bumped again and I bumped. I was again. like bump, like fist bumping, like that's he, he, he literally says crystal meth in the song. He says, I doing crystal crystal. Meth. Did you not know, I know. that? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. No, nope. yeah, well, see, songs about drugs. See, there, there you go. There's a perfect example of just like a perfectly like an amazing, uh whatever like a pop song just wrapped in such an awesome presentation you don't yeah. even fucking know no. he's, talking about, he's talking about drugs that's cool that's pretty yeah cool. yeah a good trick <clears throat> so i, I want to talk about the road to success before you get yeah. out of here lots of songs are written about drugs that we do not know are written about drugs there's songs about all kinds of things that you would never think were written about those things mm -hmm. but the road to success is not easy before you came out uh, i think one thing might have been the first was that maybe your first very commercially successful kind of song in the United States. Paralyzer obviously was a huge hit. Um, but the grind and just not giving up. Cause even with the guy, I keep going back to greatest of blue skies, because that was the album I first found you guys out on, you know, even with having that being a success, the question is still in the air. Are we going to be able to do this forever? And so yeah. the grind, even after that, like, so what would you recommend to a band? That it's not 1995 anymore, but the grind, the hustle, like everything you put into it, the touring, you guys did the aggressive touring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, uh, my advice would be, you know, you got to sort of be doing it for the right reasons. There's way easier ways 
to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for sure. But you know, if music, if it's if it's something that, um, you know, for me, there's nothing else that that does it for me like music. So yeah. I have a choice. Nothing yeah. else feels like singing. You know, so um, you meet uh, like-minded people, you just stick with them, and then yes, of course, you you, you stay in the business long enough, there will be uh, peaks and valleys, and that's fucking that's going to be okay, because you just want to make music with your friends. You know, so. Also, have a shit ton of luck on your side. You know, like I don't forget yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to do all these things. You have to like just keep but, doing what you want to do, and then weather X amount of storms and have it all work out in the end. You know, if you're, it's it's a lot easier if you're if you if your heart is true about the music. You know, like that's as fucking cornball as it gets, but it's true. You know, I do want to say though, as good luck may have your side and your back, you don't ever find the luck unless you keep on grinding. The luck will eventually find you. You'll eventually put at the right place at the right moment, at the right time with the right people. Cause if you just, if you just say, you know what, there's plenty of times I've been embarrassed doing certain things. And I'm sure, I don't know if you've been embarrassed on stage or like shit, that was a horrible show. And then you just kind of walk off with your tail between your legs thinking I just fucked up. But you get back up, you say, you're going to learn from that shit, and you're going to keep on going and keep on, because it will find you, and you will wind up making it if you, if you have that mentality. So there's another good point. Um, it took me a long time to learn, you know, it's only rock and roll. You know, the idea of when you fuck up on stage, you will fuck up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a What's your worst fuck up? <laughs> What's your worst fuck up? I want to know. Um, I would there has to be one, up. like, oh my fucking god, I fucked up. Oh man, I mean, there's too many to mention, but like, I'll fuck <laughs> up words, or like, you know, you, oh. you won't hit the note, or you know what I mean? Like, you'll just have a shitty show. Did you pee I, your pants? You know, I've never <laughs> pissed my pants, but I mean, you know, because I've seen that happen. Pants. I'm just curious. No, that would suck. Yeah, I, I mean, it's oh. not. <laughs> I like- now I'm gonna Sorry. be thinking about it the next fucking show, man. Uh, well, the thing <laughs> if is, you pee your pants after this, I get not, recognition. I think too late. I, I manifest that. <laughs> if I piss my pants, I've just got to remember it's only rock and roll, and <laughs> damn straight. And then just remember, Kyla was still there. She never, she never left. She never <laughs> left. I cursed you. Never, <laughs> So, anyways, you were saying something about, uh, I don't know what we were talking about. Uh, well, no, I, I, I guess I just mean you can't, you really, you, you can't take it too seriously. You can't let, you can't ruin the show for, you, the, the crowd doesn't really give a fuck about the massive fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I'll get in my own head, you know, like where I used to when I was younger and just be like, oh, I couldn't get over myself, you know? And then that, if that, you, you the, the show gets ruined not only for, you know, me, but like for everybody else. And it's like, no, 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 it's okay. Just, you know, you, you fucking punched a hole in the canvas. It's all right. Like just keep playing and have fun because that's what, I mean, that's, what's nice about being in a band with the same dudes for so long. I think an audience can sense the genuine camaraderie. Yeah. And, um, and um, they're shit face drunk. That's the best thing too. You got to think of that. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, like they, they look, they want to hit, have a good time and they deserve to have a good time. So like, let's not get in that way. Let's fucking, you know, let's go with them. So that's all. It's easier said than done sometimes when you're on the road and you're tired and like you're irritable, but like younger, 
younger me was like, no, 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 the show has to be perfect. No fucking does it. Those awesome yeah. moments of like, uh oh, shit's going wrong. That's fun. That's the fun shit. Yeah, every time you know what it's it's true, and it's all how you perceive things and how you take it in because you could see a, 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 a complete something that you screwed up on and just roll with it and, and go with the flow, and then you feel better about it. It's all your mental state and how you do things. You guys do have a is this your first vinyl that you're coming out with on the greatest hits? So, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we've been trying for we, we've been talking for so long, like we got to get a vinyl, so we finally, finally doing it. We might uh, we might do something else in the future, but uh, we're we're still in talks about um, what we're gonna do. But yeah, finally, greatest it's gonna be on vinyl. Vinyl's making uh, vinyl's making a comeback. Talked to lots of bands. There, a lot of people are doing vinyl now. It's one of those things that people collect. And the last thing I do want to mention is there's an unreleased song. I guess you guys have. Is it a Pink Floyd cover um, that you do live? And have done it live for quite a while, but it never made it to the record. And this may be just the perfect time to throw it on the. Is it going to be on the greatest hits album? Yeah, well, Pink Floyd made it the greatest hits. We didn't, but uh, it was called yeah, song uh, Welcome to the Machine. We uh, yeah. we threw it on there, and it was kind of a live staple for us for a long time. So that's cool. It's on the greatest hits too. That's awesome. smart. All the younger kids are listening to Pink Floyd now. Like all of my nieces and stuff, 15, 16, they're like, do you know Pink Floyd? I'm like, yeah, I hung out with them, asshole. Like, I get it. I'm old. <laughs> but, you know, they're listening to it. So it's a great time for you to bring that back. Yeah, it still sounds good to me. You know, there's there's bands that I, I don't listen to anymore, but it's like there's there's some, you know, it doesn't get much more timeless than Pink Floyd. Right on, dude. I, I'm looking forward to hearing the album when it comes out. I've, Like I said, I've been a huge fan for a long time, so I'm super stoked about it. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come and give us a talk for about 30 minutes or so. Kyler, always a pleasure seeing you. Scott, can you please stay right there until uh, after the outro song plays? I do want to thank all of our listeners of Pantheon Podcast Network. Like, subscribe our YouTube channel. Follow us, follow us on all podcasting platforms. That's all the time we got. Check out Finger Eleven. Great band. Peace out. Rock on. And much love. This is the loud spot outro by Nothing Short of Tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this the loud spot with Sebastian? Yes. Does Nothing Short of Tragic have his back again? Yes. Does everything that's good really have to end? What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, 
Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.